Today's read, Midnight, a gangster love story by Sister Soldier. Chapter 4, Daquan. There was nothing wrong with the building, the block, or the sky above. It was the motherfuckers living in there who had to be closely watched. When we moved in, the first thing on me that got attacked was my clothes. An older guy named Daquan, who seemed to be in charge of the bench outside of the building door, called me over to his office. I had to walk by the bench to get off the block anyway. I was seven. This cat was about 16. Instead of gold fronts, Daquan had two sterling silver teeth. I saw him rocking his clothes with the price tags still hanging on him, dangling from his fitted hat or hanging from his kicks or plastered across his pants pockets. Most of his shit was labeled Polo, Ralph Lauren, or Nike. His kicks kept changing up daily. You can't come outside like that no more. You fucking up the whole look of the building, he told me with a screw face. I just stood there looking back at him for some seconds. I was just learning how to translate the black version of English and their slang. What is it that you are talking about? I asked him. Immediately, he started laughing at my accent, my way of talking. All this shit? Gotta go, he said, using his Dutch to point out everything I was wearing. From the kufi on my head down to my shoes. Around here, we wear fitted. Put a brim on your hat, my man. And throw them joints in the trash right now. You're insulting me, he said, looking down at my feet. He got off his bench and pulled the metal trash can, which was chained to the bottom of his bench, closer to me. I didn't move. He tried to grab my shoes right off my feet. I jumped back and pulled out my knife. He laughed and said, what the fuck are you going to do with that? I walked away, past him and the bench, and off the block to do what I was doing. The next day, he was on the bench with two other boys when I came walking by. Little man, let me build with you for a minute, he said. I had no choice but to pass by him. I'm a big man, so I won't fight you. I'll give you one last warning about this fucked up shit you keep wearing. Get rid of it. If you need work, I'll put you on, but if you come outside one more time with this fucked up fashion, I'ma put my young brother Deshaun on your ass. No knives, just a fair one, fist to fist, every day until you get it right. His brother Deshaun had on Levi's jeans, no shirt, and the matching jean jacket with some new kicks. He grimaced at me. Something I guess his brother taught him to do? I looked straight back at him. I got five brothers. Deshaun here is nine. Deron is ten. You can take your pick. 
I'll bring them all downstairs and line them up for you. But every day, you're going to have to fight one of them either way. I could tell he couldn't tell. Or maybe he didn't care that I was only seven. We can fight. I answered him with no emotion. He tried to stay straight-faced, but I could tell he was surprised. I fought one of his brothers every day for two weeks. Whoever was on the block at the time took it as entertainment. But Daquan could see that I took it seriously. Slowly, he learned to show me a little respect. Everybody noticed how I never tried to duck out the side or the back of the building. I showed up ready with no fear. I fought the nine-year-old for the first few days. Everybody could see I had more skill. He would start out strong in the beginning but couldn't make it through to the finish. But Daquan would have him right out there the next day to try again. Next, I took on Dayron, the 10-year-old who had more weight than me, but my father once taught me a way to fight someone who was bigger and stronger. While we, was, while we were battling, their big brother Daquan would stand over us yelling at his brother to do this or that, to move this way or that way. When he would see that one of his brothers was losing, he would start threatening him right there on the spot. You better whoop his ass, or I'ma whoop your ass. Get your fist up. Take him down. Take him down, or you're gonna have to fight me next. He would threaten them. On my last fight with the 10-year-old, Daquan screamed on him so hard, I actually felt sorry for him. When it became clear that I had defeated him too, Daquan made him strip out of his clothes and snatched off his new sneakers. I gave the kid credit for standing out there in broad daylight in his boxers. He gave in to his brother's orders, but he kept his head up and didn't cry at his humiliation. Always, there would be a small crowd watching. Day by day, it increased in size. Daquan didn't know he was doing me a favor. He introduced me to the hood as a fighter, a young one with exceptional stamina who never backed down. It helped my reputation a lot and put some of the young wannabes around our way on pause. The 11-year-old named De Leon posed a problem for me, I thought. The first time I faced him to fight, I figured he must be feeling real powerful, surrounded by his two younger brothers seated right there on the bench, and his older brother Daquan standing right next to him and on point. Aside from the three of them, his 13-year-old brother who never sat down was always leaned up against the bench, never saying one word or ever cracking a smile. He stared me in my eyes the entire time. He seemed more foul than the other five and was a threat to me of what was coming up next if I dared to take his 11-year-old brother down. He was six years older than me and too big. He looked like a fucking cheater. 
a dirty fighter. So my strategy was to go hard at the 11-year-old, forcing Daquan to give me my props, declare me the winner, and to call it all off. Instead of getting right down to it, we walked around in circles first, staring each other down. He was slightly taller than me. The crowd was shouting out random shit. Somebody said something funny, and in the split second that he looked away to chase the joke, I smashed his face with my right fist. His nose started bleeding. He was in a fighting stance now, looking angry and determined. Still, he was making the mistake of having his eyes in the wrong place, watching his blood drops splatter in small circles on the cement. Keep your eyes on his fist, Daquan yelled at him. The kid got amped up and took a swing at me. I ducked, he missed. I landed a big, bare-fisted punch in his stomach and he doubled over. Stand the fuck up! Daquan yelled. I gave him time to straighten up before I punched him in his face again. His eyes turned red and mucus gushed out of one nostril, mixing with his blood. Suddenly, his chest started heaving. Tears started to form in his eyes. His two younger brothers were on their feet now, trying to stop the fight. Daquan pushed them both out of the way leaned over and started screaming face to face on his 11-year-old brother. Oh, you gonna stand there and catch a fucking asthma attack because you losing the fight? That shit ain't gonna help you win. Cut this shit out, he hollered at his brother, who could not seem to catch his breath. He needs his pump, the nine-year-old screamed. He ain't getting no pump, Daquan silenced him. I'll go and get it, his 10-year-old brother said, then ran, but the 13-year-old brother caught him by the neck of his jacket and held him right there. Now calm down and take all your shit off and give it to him. You don't deserve to have nothing, Daquan ordered the 11-year-old. The boy's breathing got worse. His fingers fiddled nervously with his belt. I don't want them, I said. Those are his clothes. He can keep them. I walked away. I had shit to take care of, and after fighting today, nothing on me was dirty. I wasn't bleeding. My clothes weren't ripped or split. There was no reason for me to go back upstairs. When I got back home, there was a plastic shopping bag against my apartment door. I looked inside. There was a fresh pair of jeans folded with the tags on, a t-shirt and a crisp fitted. The kicks gave away the sender. They were the brand new ones like the pair the 11-year-old wore for the fight. I took the delivery three different ways. One was that Daquan wanted me to know he didn't have no problem finding out where my apartment was and who my family was and he would come up to our place whether I was at home or not. Two, that Daquan was admitting the embarrassing defeat of his 11-year-old brother. Three, that maybe the 13-year-old didn't want to fight me next. I took the shopping bag as a message to me, half threat, half reward. I thought about it for two seconds, grabbed the bag and shot down the stairs to Daquan's apartment. I wanted him to understand that I knew he was watching me, but I was watching him too. He could come up to my apartment, 
I could come down to his just as easy. Before I could bang on the door, Daquan pulled it open. He had on new jeans and sneakers as usual, but this time he wasn't wearing a shirt and his 9mm was gleaming, tucked at his waist. What do you want? Daquan asked. I handed him back his shopping bag but couldn't take my eyes off the gun. One of those, I answered with a nod toward his piece. Daquan smiled. Come on in, kid, he said. All five of Daquan's brothers were in one back room. There was Deshaun, Deron, DeLeon, and the 13-year-old. I didn't know his name. This was my first time seeing the 15-year-old who was almost as tall as Daquan. I found out his name was Damon. Damon. Each of them was sitting on one of two beds. Only the 11-year-old with the asthma was sitting on top of his hands and had his head hanging down. Get your fucking head up, Daquan barked on him. And keep it the fuck up, he added. Meanwhile, the 13-year-old, still standing, stared me down with hatred. I was wrong for thinking that he didn't want to fight me next. Even though he was almost twice my age, he looked like he wanted a crack at crashing my skull. Deshaun, the 10-year-old brother, turned away when he noticed it was me and looked out the window instead. Look this man in his eyes, Daquan bossed him. Now, all six of them were staring, focused on me. Daquan had a wall no one could see because from the ceiling to the floor, it was covered by crisp sneaker boxes of all kinds. They were perfectly stacked like in a small store. Damon, give me box number 77, he told his 15-year-old brother. The brother hesitated at first, then he sped up and pulled the box out for him. Daquan took the box from his brother and told me to follow him down the hall. In a dark corridor of their apartment, Daquan squatted down to speak confidentially. He opened the top of the sneaker box, revealing two guns sparkling on top of white tissue paper. I could see one was a 22, the other was a 9. I, little man, from now on, you gonna work for me, he said, but I cut him off. No. When I saw the anger moving into his face, I corrected myself. No thanks, I said. How much is it? These cannons are big boy toys, he said, raising up from his squat like he was reluctant or now refusing to sell it to me. I waited silently for him to quote the price. He's a businessman, I thought to myself. If he was any good at it, it was his job to move his product. He felt my point. It's 350 for the nine, 200 for the 22, bullets included, he told me, cool and confident that he had outpriced me and trapped me in his employ. I put my hands in my pockets and peeled off $550. I'll take both of them, I said, pointing toward the weapons. For the first time ever, I saw him actually hesitate. His eyes stayed on my small money stack. Aye, little man, 
but you're going to have to learn to work with other people for real. I can sell you the pieces, that's what I do, but I cannot let you walk around in these fucked up clothes. I'll sell to you if you change into the clothes in the shopping bag. It's a compromise, he said, staring at me in the form of a threat. I looked at him and thought to myself, this fashion shit must be their American religion. Then I thought again, protecting my mother, Uma, is my religion. So I accepted. Deal. He took the money. I took the bag and the sneaker box and started to leave. Show and prove, Daquan demanded, but I didn't understand. Put him on now, he ordered. He seemed used to giving orders and having them followed. And let me tell you this, little man. This is Brooklyn. No matter if it turns 200 degrees in the summertime, we don't rock sandals. No man sandals. You got it? He said. If I ever see you wearing these sandals again, you're finished. He threatened this with his most serious tone yet and pointed his trigger finger to the head. That was my official introduction to New York City. That's how I came up on my first two guns. That's how I got introduced to New York fashion and styles. Leave all that fucked up shit you had right there, he stood over me. I laid my kufi, my linen pants, my white silk Islamic Islamic shirt, and my sandals to rest. These were all high-quality, respectable clothes made of the finest materials. Where I am from, jeans are considered casual clothes used when laboring, doing construction, working on the land, repairing the house, or maintaining the vehicles. But in Brooklyn, my African dress clothes made me a target, and I was prepared to turn my situation around and do what I needed to do to protect my family. I never rocked another pair of sandals. Word of mouth in Brooklyn was as powerful as the call to prayer back home. Word of mouth in Brooklyn was even more influential than the talking drumbeat in my southern grandfather's village. So, in less than 24 hours, the whole building knew I, the young fearless one, was packing. A few days after I copped, I saw my old sandals dangling from the telephone wires that ran from pole to pole way up high throughout the hood. I didn't flinch. It was a symbol, a reminder to me of where I was and who I had to be to hold my position.